Hi, and welcome again to Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. I want to pose a question in this message, and I trust that it will help you to determine your master passion. My theme, oh, I want to see him. The Apostle John, in this first uh, epistle, he argues for the population. Write that word down, the population. Uh, and he argues for the position of the population. And then you'll notice that he also presents a proposition. So we have... Those three words, population, position, proposition, all of that's in here. We can learn some things, especially as the people of God. When John wrote this epistle, uh, he was addressing a serious problem. It was, not a, it was not a happy time. It was a time of crises in the church because what was happening is that heresies or false doctrine had crept into the church. And there were those who were teaching things out of their own volition and out of their own convictions that were not accurate and were not true. Uh, they were teaching things like Gnosticism, which held that sin was not a matter of the spirit, but it was in things, it was in matter, it was not in persons. Uh, that, 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 was, that was a heresy. But then there was another heresy that was being taught. Esthetism. When you, when, 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 when you observe this particular heresy, it, it, it kind of causes you to realize how far we as mankind can go off the track. This is what esthetism meant. meant. This is what it meant. It meant the punishing of your physical body to the degree that you make your body become more spiritual. You make your body conform to the word. You make your body... No, no. They were teaching that, that it, it, it's to the degree that I'm able to suffer pain that I become more spiritual. Then there was another heresy. Licentiousness. The belief that mankind lacked the moral will to restrain himself from immoral behavior. Free to live as he wills. Mm. But the apostle stresses that this state of being had brought about confusion in the church and people were beginning to release what they were taught to embrace some new teaching and cause the people to go astray. Mm. But John, thank God for John. John 
began to address the issue. Let me say something. As pastors and leaders, Christian leaders, there are times when we must be prepared to make critical decisions. There are times when we must make decisions that might cause uh, the boat to rock. And, 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 and when we make that decision uh, and the boat rocks, and when I say rocks, I mean the boat is tossed to and fro because of someone taking a stand. Watch this now. And then people respond to you and you rock and you reel from it. But uh, I have a little saying of mine. I would rather be on a rocking boat than on a sinking boat. That's why I'm so grateful for this season. Because God gives us a word in the midst. And the word is to the population. Population? Yes. Note the text. The text says, Behold, what manner of love hath the Father bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God? We, you and I, us, who were wretched sinners, you and I, who were lost and undone without God or His Son, come on now, that we should be called the sons of God. Mm. No wonder the world doesn't know us. <laughs> because they can't figure it out. Isn't this Jack? Isn't this Sue that did this, did that? Isn't it? It, didn't I go to school with her? Didn't I go to school with him? I mean, I mean, uh, what, what happened? What happened? They don't know you. What a wonderful change has been made in my life since Jesus came into my heart. Sometimes your own relatives don't know you. Such a radical change in your behavior. Such a radical change in your conduct. Oh, what you will say is, I got saved. I got saved. I, I got converted. Yeah. And that's what it's all about. It's, it's, it's becoming the sons of God. The daughters of God. What, what a tremendous thought that we, you and I, should be called the sons of God. That's why the world does not know us. Because, number one, just like Jesus, the Christ, they knew him not. They didn't know him. That's why, you know, they would refer to him. Isn't that Joseph's son? Read St. Matthew chapter 13, verse 55. And you'll see, isn't this Mary and, and Joseph's son? Did, didn't he have brothers? And said, Don't we know him? Don't we? I mean, where, where's he coming from? They did not know him. They did not know that the very one they were talking to was the one who was a part of the creation of the world. They did not know that he indeed was the son of God. So we have that awesome passage there in uh, St. John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Hmm? And the Bible says, and he came unto his own, and his own received him not. Come on. You see, they didn't know who was in their midst. 
They didn't know that he was with the Father as son. They didn't know that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but shall have everlasting life. Oh yes, when you read on in that first chapter of St. John, you will see that they did not receive him, but as many as received him. To them, he gave the power to become the sons of God. The three points of this message, number one, the population. Number two, the position. And number three, the proposition. Stay tuned and be further blessed with this word expressing the passion. Oh, I want to see him. And then second, not only do we see the population, but also the position. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. God ordained that you and I would be living in this dispensation. In this time, God knew that you and I would be here right now. What are we then? We are what God has ordained and God had ordered. I'll put it, you know, you know, it has been said that infancy is the prophecy of maturity. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you know, it says we are the children of God. We begin as the children of God. What's this now? As infants. Everybody begins as a child. But not remaining a child. We go on to maturity. We become men and we become women. We become adult. But that process requires, watch this now, that we are properly nourished and nurtured. That's why you need someone chosen of God, someone that has been assigned by God to feed you. And then you have to have a natural desire to be fed, to hunger. And that's why the word says that we must desire, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 2, it says uh, that we must desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. We are not going to remain infants. We go on from infancy into maturity. So our position is that we are always in motion, always developing, always becoming, changing in so many ways. We are a work in progress. Yes, we are a work in progress. That's what the lifetime is all about. It's so that we can get ourselves together, so that we can develop and become and mature. John was saying 
that you and I are in position so that you and I by daily and by yearly and by every opportunity becoming more and more into the image of his son. Growing and developing. John was saying that we are in process. Yet, there's a, you know, that, that's a little word, but it's a big word also. Yet, even though we are growing and we're becoming, we will not see the full image of him until, until he appears. And when he appears, we shall be like him. Why? Because we have been becoming more and more and more and more like him. And when the time comes for him to reappear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him. Watch this. As he is. As he is right now. The glorified Christ. As he is right now. The one who not only lived and died and was buried. The one who not only lived, died, and was buried, but rose from the dead. The one who ascended up to heaven. And that's why over there in Acts 1, it says, And ye men of Galilee, why are you standing looking, gazing into the heavens? This same Jesus that you see go into heaven shall also come in like manner. Oh, yeah. He's coming back glorified. He's coming back glorified. He's coming back in the full measure of who he is. And so, what blesses me is that John, who really is John the Revelator, John the Gospel writer, John the writer of these three epistles, John, 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 pastoring in Ephesus. Domitian is the emperor. He has hostility against the Christian church. So he abducts John from his pastorate in Ephesus and banishes him to the isle called Patmos. And while John is on the aisle called Patmos. Somebody going to get this thing. It was while John that was on the aisle of Patmos that he began to see some things that he never saw in his pastorate, never saw in Ephesus, never saw in the city, never saw in that environment. But God, in the midst of shifting him, somebody is being shifted. Stop looking on your situation as just mere happenstance. God is shifting you, even through this COVID time, into a place so that you can see some things and feel some things and hear some things about Jesus in the spirit realm. That's why you read over there in Revelation chapter 1. 
You read on down from verse 10 down to 17. John said that he's on this lonely Aegean island, Patmos. I've been blessed in my lifetime to be right next to it. And I thank God for how he blessed my life. Anyway, it's not about me. It's about John. John was there. And while he was there on that lonely, barren island, <laughs> he began to see some things. He said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. And I heard behind me a voice. And when I looked, I saw him holding the golden candlesticks. And then he goes on to say, and, and, and I not only saw him or heard him, and I saw him, but if you keep on reading down through those verses, you'll see, he said, and I felt him because he laid his hand on me. Hallelujah. Where are you going with all that, Pastor? I'm saying God just might have put you in that situation so you will get a revelation of Jesus like you've never known before. God permitted you to be in that circumstance so that you might get to hear him like you have never heard him, see him like you've never seen him, and feel him like you've never felt him. Oh, all of that can happen when we understand God's positioning. He positions us into circumstances so that out of them we can come out with a greater experience with him. Would you capitalize on your COVID challenges? Would you use this time now to see Jesus like you've never seen him? And when you quest after him, he will reveal himself. Now, now John, John was not in heaven. John said, I was in the spirit. But isn't it wonderful that the Bible said Jesus showed up? That's the thing I love about Jesus. He always shows up when we need him. Are you listening? The Hebrew boys had a pre-experience way back in the Old Testament when the furnace was hot, the Bible said, and there's a fourth one in there. Didn't we throw three in there? There's a fourth one in there, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. The Son of God will meet you. My brother, my sister, listen to me. You may have lost loved ones. You may have lost your job. You may have lost even your health. But I want you to know it's a time for you to get to know Jesus like you've never known him before. It'll happen for you because he's ever positioning us. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been blessed and challenged by this word and that you have been able to determine your master passion. Can you say, oh, I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory? Let me lift my voice. Cares all pass home at last ever to rejoice. So until next time, 
when I shall come to you with more Concepts for Living. May God bless you and yours. Thank you for viewing Concepts for Living. If you would like a CD, DVD, or download the entire message, go to our website, www.fcogchapel.org. We would like to hear from you. Please send an email for prayer or send a praise report on how God is blessing you through this program. We invite you to join us again for another Concepts for Living.